This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And good morning. There is nobody better at dishing the dirt than my good friend Charlie Dobbin. Uh, Here we are in the studios of... uh, Zoomer Radio. Uh-huh. And yes, you'd like to say good morning, I'm sure. I would like to say good morning, Franklin. Good morning, Duncan. Gorgeous gray day out there. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Now, it's supposed to be sunny. Uh, it, I think yeah. it's going to blow through at yeah. some point. Okay. Yeah, and it's not nearly as cold as what they had suggested it might be last yeah, night. Yeah, you know, I didn't look down at my speedometer, or my <laughs> instrument panel, as it were. Usually, you know, you can tell the, the temp. Yeah. I just forgot to check. But, but it wasn't extremely cold. Yeah, I would there was probably no crystals. seven or eight degrees. In yeah. the sing- in into single digits now, though, I think. For sure. Well, yeah. even here, right in Toronto, right down to the lake, we're down six, seven, maybe eight degrees right yeah. now. So, but exactly. yeah, it's just that, that first frost. We have, yep. hate to say that, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> no, no, no. Now, okay, you folks out there, okay? There, let's, <laughs> let's get you the phone number to call in and have a word with Charlie and she with you, all righty? In Toronto, call this number, 416 360 0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Keep in mind our little mantra, please. Call early, call often, one question per call. And, uh, oh yeah, if you are a first-time caller, oop, reaching out for the bell, uh, let, let Duncan, our operator, know. He'll let me know. And before you get to the air... Magic, ring. magic will happen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, yeah, there we are. So, it's true. Um, over to you, my love. Thanks, my love. Uh, yeah, just wanted to say um, a couple little updates that have been sort of crossed my desk, including a lot of email. Um, and I, w- I wanted to mention that what you mentioned, the one question per caller, call early, call often, yeah. that actually works. Yeah. If you are, you have a million questions and, and you just can't get them all into one call because we're way too smart to let you sneak in extras. <laughs> you can call back and it's worked many times where yep. people are able to get onto the show once, twice, even three times within this hour. So the early part is really what's, I think, operative in all of that. Okay. All right. Things going on. Well, the Riverdale Hort Society will be meeting. That's the Horticultural Society will be meeting this Wednesday, October the 9th. <clears throat> now you've got to go to this. You've got to put this on your calendar. It is a regular meeting for them, 7 p.m. at the Frankland Community Center, which is located at 816 Logan Avenue. Their guest speaker is Paul Zamet. Okay. Paul Zamet is absolutely fascinating, fun and and a real frolic. He's just, he's, he's excellent. <laughs> so full of enthusiasm. Oh my yeah. gosh. Just knocks your socks off. He's so full of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and you can quote me on that. Yeah, okay. Oh, you're full of it. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, his mom put out a, you know, she's Maltese and she put out a contract on me once. So, you know, I owe him one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have a, That's a they funny have, story. They have, we got to hear the background on that one. Uh, okay. So Paul is going to be there and he's going to be speaking on water-wise gardening. Great topic. Uh, 
Okay. I should be oh, more of that. Sorry. Wait, one more. October 21st, the Blenheim Hort Society is hosting Teas in the Garden More Than a Beverage. 7.30 p.m., Trinity Anglican Church Lower Meeting Room. That's at 59 Ellen Street in Blenheim behind the library. Learn all the secrets of enjoying great kinds of tea beverages when enjoying your gardens. Samplings will be provided and tea time is anytime other refreshments will be provided if you're not a huge tea fan. Uh, and I did want to just special shout out to Maureen. Thank you for your email. Your kind thoughts are very appreciated. Maureen is a huge cat lover. So oh, she, right. she always appreciates the updates that I share with everybody on occasion about my wacky cats. There you go. And, um, I did, uh, I just, so Maureen knows I did forward your email onto my daughter, who is the real mover oh, she, yeah. and shaker on the Mist Sydney. Project. You got it. My daughter, Sydney, yes. My social media manager. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, is she on the payroll or? or <laughs> no, I provide quite. a phone for her. That's close enough, isn't it? Okay, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. costs a lot of money. <laughs> All right. We have to come to a screeching halt here momentarily anyway. Got to let our sponsors get their word yeah. in. Then we'll come back and have a word with Julia in Scarborough. That's next here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, Charlie, here we go. Off and running to uh, check in with our callers. And our first one this morning would be Julia in Scarborough. Good morning, Julia. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Morning. Uh, I'm calling regarding those small plastic containers of uh, plant fertilizer like miracle Grow. Mm-hmm. Now, they, can they be kept in an unheated garage over the winter? Sure. Fertilizer doesn't go bad. It's oh, not okay. uh, stale dated on any level. The yeah. one important thing is just don't let it get wet. Okay. Right? Okay. Any of the water-soluble or any of the granular fertilizers would just become a clump that you'll never, ever break apart and be able to measure out properly. So you keep your fertilizer dry. You can keep it for years and years and years. Outside in the winter, not a problem. Out in the garage, fine. Oh, that's just great. Okay, thank you very much, Charlie. Super, Julia. You're very welcome. Yeah, Thanks for calling. Very nicely handled, too, Charlie, might I add. You didn't have to, you know, see the smoke coming out of your ears trying to remember things. No. No, uh, but it, that does come up because people kind of think so many things yeah. are limited in life yeah. that fertilizer must be one of them. And yeah. it's like, no, it's just Nanu, getting Nanu. wet's the problem. Okay. Off to Dunville we go. There's Chris on the line. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, guys. Just got a quick question for you, Charlie. Okie doke. I've got, uh, uh, it's called a wingnut tree. And wing I've been nut. babying this thing for 28 <laughs> years, but I've got... The laterals are out on the, well, the whole tree is about 35 feet across on the bottom. But I've lost some of the, the, uh, what, the, the runners up top. Uh-huh. And some of them have died off. Would I be better off to cut them off in the spring or in the fall here? Okay, so that's a really good question because I'm not sure what a wingnut tree I've is. I've been called a wingnut. I was going to say, like, <laughs> lots of wingnuts here. I got one of the got some of the seeds, and you have to scarify them and right. cool them and everything else. And I got it from the Vineland Research Station. Yes, There's one down yes. there, and it is massive. Right. So that when you said it's 35 feet across at the base, that's like crazy. Oh, no, so, no, the, the, uh, these are the limbs. Right. Yeah, it's a very wide. I can see. I'm just googling it here quickly. Yeah, you can walk on the one down at Vineland Research Station. Commonly referred to as Caucasian wingnut tree. And has it ever flowered? The flowers look amazing. No, this one has not. Looks like a wisteria when it blooms. But see, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, see, 
quite a ways south of Vineland here in Dunville. And you're lucky, you know. So, uh, but I've been, yeah, it's my favorite tree. Oh, oh. interesting. What's and the bark is kind of cool too. It's a peely kind of a bark. Yeah. For anybody who's interested, the proper name is Tarocaria. So P as in Paul. Oh, T, Yeah, E R O. And then Caria, C A R Y A. So Taro Caria or Patero. Well, I just know it's 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 like down there. They got labels on everything, and mm. I suppose they have that on there. But it's wing nut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what? So you grabbed a few nuts. That's what you did. Yeah, the you seeds. Grew it from seed. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Uh, so your question was, when should you do any kind of pruning on it? It's only the uh, one that took. Okay, so it's a it's just a wing nuts are. Attractive, large, fast-growing trees, occasionally planted in parks and large gardens. The most common in general cultivation outside of Asia is probably the one you've got. Most attractive is whatever, the hybrid, la-la. And the wood is good quality, similar to walnut, though not quite so dense mm. and strong. So I'm just trying to clear. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'd have to just double-check probably when is the best time. If, if it's the same family, I think, what they say your family? Yeah, so it's the same. It's in the walnut family, which means it'll be a spring bloomer, and then it's a nut producer, as you know, late in the season. Um, best time to prune. You, I would say off the top of my head, you could prune just about any time. You could prune now, but of course, we don't do major pruning now. Usually, it's just for dead or damaged mm. or any kind of growth that's not doing well. Anything limbs that are crossed and might <clears> probably <throat> exactly that another, might become yeah. damaged over the winter, and then anything radical. If we want to do some like real serious bringing, uh, putting some shape to a shapeless mm. plant, we preferably do that in the spring when they're more likely actively growing and able to outgrow whatever kind of wounding we do when we do our pruning. So that would be my suggestion. If you're trying to really change up the shape of the plant, then I would be doing that in the spring. For now, it's the dead, the diseased, the damaged. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks okay, for Chris, calling, thank you. Chris. Yeah. That sounds like I want to really learn more about that interesting tree. tree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to bounce along to uh, Brampton <clears throat> momentarily, but we do have another commercial break that is due right now. So uh, we shall be back very shortly here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning and uh, thank you for popping by The uh, Garden Show here with Charlie. You want to, you're, you're like, I want to say something. Uh, no, I was just looking ahead, but Chris, what a great question the caucasian wingnut tree yeah. i just went to a good website if anybody's interested to learn more it's uh clc tree services so the, okay. the initial clc tree services spotlight on the caucasian wingnut tree um as you know i have a large property that yes, i now live indeed. on which doesn't have really anything growing on it whatsoever other than a lot soon of crabgrass <laughs> soon to be though the wingnut tree well maybe you know yeah. i'm just looking at it so, i mean this gets really big but it is cool and like it says it's pest and disease free yep. love those well, kind of trees the ones that aren't attacked but it is originally from from asia it okay. is it is not uh, native surely we sort of got sidetracked yeah, there sorry about because that. we've got you on the line right now <laughs> from brampton here's shirley good morning shirley oh, good morning Morning. Morning. Um, Rose, excuse me, Rosa Sharon. Mm -hmm. I have a ton of buds on it that did not come out. Why would that be? (laughs) Is this uh, ever ever happened before? No. 
And you've had the tree for the the shrub? Oh, it's been about four or five years, I guess. Okay, and in those four or five years, it's very consistently bloomed. But now it's getting quite tall and spindly, and it blows over. Oh, okay. So, so, you know what? Don't worry about this year. This year's done. Those aren't going to happen. Ignore them. I mean, unless you need to do some pruning back because it's going to break in the wind or fall over in the winter. But what you do want to do is a fairly radical pruning on that plant in the spring. Okay. Uh, and you will do that, you know, when it's nice enough day, dry day to get out there. Uh, Rose of Sharon are one of the last shrubs to pop out with any kind mm-hmm. of green growth. Yeah. So we always think they're dead. Everything else is happening, but they yeah. aren't. So that's when you just get out there with your sharp pruners and don't be hesitant to take a third or even slightly more off of the top of the plant, bringing it down to a reasonable height. Oh, okay. And, and then hope for a better season. I think what you're seeing is evidence of what a crazy kind of a growing season we had. It was very prolonged, cold, wet mm-hmm. spring. And then we had some warm weather and some wet weather. And then we just got into hot, dry. So the plants, some of the plants are showing that that was a stressful growing uh, year season for many plants more than others. And some are just really showing that stress in different ways by flowering or not flowering or defoliating early or getting diseases. I mean, those kinds of things happen. So you cut those buds off or just leave them? I I wouldn't worry about it. You'll spend the next four hours doing that. It won't make any difference. (laughs) Turn on there. I would just let, yeah, they're somewhat ornamental as they hang there. Uh, and do talk to the plant. Warn it that if it does this again. <laughs> I did. I, I tied it up, actually. Yeah. Oh, well. I, uh, well, that sounds mean. Don't don't try to not tie up plants. I'm not. I know. I'm used to talking to my mom. My mom and her bondage on plants. She well, was always tying things. I was scared it was going to break. Yeah. It was really almost on the ground. It was the wind, you know. Right. So if you're worried that something's going to break, get out your sharp pruners and prune it so that it does not break. You can do that right now, then. You can. I mean, you, de- you can definitely do it now. Yeah. But the best time to really do a radical prune on a Rose of Sharon is in the spring. spring. Okay. Thank okay. you very much, Charlie. You're, you're welcome. Let us know how that works out. Thanks I, for I, calling. Uh, I really like when callers uh, call in and give us a, a more definitive uh, description of where they live. Like, well, here we go. Uh, Rosalie is calling in. Not from just Hamilton, but <laughs> Hamilton Mountain. Mountain. I love the that mountain. great picture that Well, because pops cli- out. climatically, yeah. it's different. Right? I guess it is. Yeah, you got to hey, think Rosalie. about that. <laughs> Good <laughs> thank, morning. Thanks for giving us a tip from where you are. <laughs> Good morning. No problem. Good morning to you both. What's going on? Um, well, we have an apple tree. It's not a red apple tree, and we did have it sprayed professionally with a dormant oil spray in the spring. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to try it because I'd get all covered in the stuff, so I figured <laughs> I didn't want to do that. You didn't want to wear lime sulfur? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> so... But in the, closer to the end of the summer, um, the leaves were starting to fall. Some were turning yellow. Mm. Some were spotty with, um, like, brown, like, rust and some yellow on them. I had sent you a, a picture of the leaves, mm-hmm. and then I tried to call in, and it's been busy for you, which is wonderful. <laughs> but um, so I'm not sure what, what can we do, what suggestions do you have to, for us to try to... Uh, try and not this. have this problem next year. Okay, so you could... Uh, let me think... It's probably still early enough. You can dormant spray in the fall as well as the spring. Okay. And again, what is dormant spray? Dormant spray is a mix of lime sulfur, which Mm -hmm. smells like rotten eggs, and horticultural oil, which is a light mineral oil, Mm -hmm. mixed together with water. And we coat the tree, the bark, the twigs, the branches in the spring. At this time of year, there's still some leaves on the plant. Mm -hmm. So you'd be even coating them, but it doesn't matter because they're all going to fall off. Mm -hmm. And you're doing that as a preventative. The oil will suffocate any overwintering pests. The lime sulfur will prevent the germination of any fungal 
fungal spores on the plant. Okay. And so it, and, and again, just, you know, going back to what I was just saying with Shirley, who called in about a Rose of Sharon, mm-hmm. we can't control the weather. And no. this was not a good year for any plants that are susceptible to diseases, fungal diseases, which mm-hmm. yeah. apples frankly are. Mm-hmm. They're sweet. They're full of all kinds of sugar. Mm-hmm. They're producing all kinds of sweet sap. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, insects, diseases from miles mm-hmm. around zero in on apple trees. So what you did was the right thing that, that dormant spring in the spring. Mm-hmm. I would be inclined to spray this fall. Okay. I would also be inclined depending on the size and age of this plant to have it pruned properly next spring early early okay. spring late winter okay. because pruning has a lot to do with the health of particularly apple trees okay so proper pruning and again spray it in the spring now you know there's it's got to be uh, the temperature is important it's between I think um Sort of five and, and 20 degrees is optimal for spraying. No mm-hmm. wind, no rain in the forecast for 24 hours to do the spraying. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then next spring, it's, it, it, you can break dormant spray out so that you can continue to use the lime sulfur through the spring and summer if it's very, very, very wet. Again, as a preventative, as a preventative of fungal diseases, because that's what ended up happening. You ended up getting some spots on it and de- apples just, they're very, very susceptible. Acceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oil we typically put away for the summer, it's not used, but we can use the lime sulfur through the growing season. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Because so, the package does include lime. I know we have some, but I haven't used it in a few years because we got it done professionally, as I said. Mm. Um, so I could, we could just use the lime sulfur, make the mix wet it all down. Is it, does it matter if the fruit's in the tree? It makes no, no not at all. And there should be on your package of directions for summer use. Oh, okay. So you're going to have dormant use, which will be the mix of the two items plus water okay. in the kit. Uh-huh. And then there'll be a, a summer use. And the summer use will be lime sulfur only. Okay. Okay. And so now we can probably get it sprayed with a lime and oil. oil and yep, water. Yep, yep, exactly. The whole kit and caboodle again in this fall. We do that often with peach trees because peach trees get a disease called leaf curl, peach leaf curl. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's just a way to too. try and prevent that, that again, fungal disease. So okay. fungus is hard. You, you have to prevent it. So you have mm-hmm. to, you can't eradicate it once it arrives. So you've mm-hmm. got to set up an environment where it can't start to grow on your susceptible plants. Okay. So you want to make it so they don't like to stay. That's right. Hey, yeah. yeah. Like, bye bye. Move. Move on. Go to the neighbors. The welcome mat. Pulled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So, as I said, once the fruit is picked, the, the dormant spray now won't hurt anything nope. because it's... not at all. Okay. Well, not we'll give all. it a try. Yeah, Thank you very much. Today's a bit windy, obviously, and yeah. there's rain in the forecast, so today wouldn't be optimal. But one day in the next week, I'm sure you could get it done. Oh, I think it's, for here, it calls for rain almost every day. Oh, um, yeah. I will say, when they did spray it in, in the spring, it had... He had done it early in the morning, and then it had rained that night. So I'm not sure if that had an impact on stuff or not. It did, because the rain did wash off Some the of lime sulfur, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's, again, see, that's that, that preventative. Yeah. So, yeah, well, thank you, get that thank you, on. Rosalie. Okay, thank you very much. Given us a lot to chew on there, for gosh sakes, eh? Uh, Hamilton Mountain. There, I yeah. Like that. Well, but I think it, like what Rosalie mm-hmm. is experiencing is something that I've watched and heard in my forty years of being a horticulturalist yeah. a lot. Because people have a dream, right? They you started when you were three. I know. I do look young, <laughs> don't I? But I'm actually 143. Um, no, the um, people have a dream. They have this thing where they can just take their bushel basket and step out in the backyard and. Ooh, pluck yes. the bounty off the trees and into the house and wake up family and how often does that i've happen? picked our fresh fruit for breakfast <laughs> it doesn't work like that there's there's a lot to do with fruit trees i'm i'm afraid to say but they're nothing better when they're when they're happening there's yeah. nothing better well we better be happening there in burlington joan on the line good morning joan welcome to the show good morning good morning um charlie 
It's coming up to spring planting bulb time. Yes. And I wanted to plant some in planters. Now, I have these um, planters, mm. but 18 inches diameter and maybe 12, 14 inches deep. Mm. Now, if I plant bulbs in there, can I leave them on the patio or in the garage? Probably better in the garage. You never know what kind of winter we're going to have. And only 12, 14 inches deep is not really deep enough because remember, it's colder above ground than below the ground. Mm -hmm. And you would not want those that whole planter full of bulbs to freeze solid because the bulbs will turn to mush. Okay, so in the garage they go then. All right, what, and what are the planters made out of? Resin. Resin, okay. So get them planted up, you know, pointy end up, uh, pack them full, water thoroughly. And uh, yeah, you can leave them outside until we get a little cooler, mm-hmm. uh, maybe till November even, and then get them in the garage for the winter. Yeah, I figured I'd do them um, maybe a week or so after Thanksgiving. Yeah, good idea. Good for you. Enjoy. Thank you so much. Oh, You're welcome. Okay, Joan, thanks for joining us on this uh, Saturday morning. Yet to be sunny, although... Uh, I'm trying to discern if there's a little blue sneak. Uh, I through. see a bit of blue. Okay, good Not enough. much, but a bit. All right, okay, it's back to Hamilton now. Uh, Vivian on the line. <laughs> not Come the mountain, to, though. Yeah, no, not the mountain, I don't think. <laughs> Hi, Vivian. Hi, good morning. Good morning. I have um, problems with my um, grass. There's uh, dry grass at the roots, mm-hmm. and I want to um, fertilize it and seed it now. And I want to know, is there something I should do before? Like, yeah, so you've got some dry patches, and if you go over and bend down and tug on some of that dry grass, it just it's comes... all over the whole lawn. Yeah. Oh, the oh whole oh lawn. Boy. How big's your lawn? Oh, there's front and back. They're big. Oh. Oh, well. Well, that's a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, it, I mean, it's hard to say for positive sure from the radio what exactly is going on. It could be that you have an infestation of grubs, particularly if you've got um, something going on with um, the grubs underground, chewing the roots, and we tug on the, the brown blades and there's no roots attached. Yeah. That tells us likely grubs. And, grubs right, yeah. yeah, and if it is grubs, then it's a, nemat- it's a job for... Obviously, it's perfect with all this rain, but getting a hold of some nematode eggs at your local garden center or Canadian Tire, following all the instructions, getting those sprayed out onto the the lawn that is looking quite unhealthy. But then, yes, absolutely, fall fertilizer, this is the time. Now, you've got the now until the next month to put down a fall fertilizer in the Hamilton area. And seeds, what I'd be inclined to do is those things in this order, nematodes, Top dress with some quality, either triple mix or lawn top dressing, mm-hmm. raked all nice and level, overseeded. So pretend you're feeding the chickens. You're out there tossing some some seed around, scattering the seeds exactly. Yeah. And then you get your rake out and you ruffle up what you the seed in the soil that you just put together there. And pray for rain. If there is no rain, get your hose out. Keep it moist. Under everything, you've got the nematodes hatching and going after the grubs. On top of everything, you've got some seed soil activity. Seed is going to grow. Give yourself three weeks from today, if you did all that today, and then get your fall fertilizer on. And you will have a beautiful lawn next spring. Guaranteed, if you follow those directions. (laughs) Okay, Vivian, thank you very much. Uh, And... Let's see here. Oh, I want to give the phone numbers in case folks are sitting out there going, how do we get 
calling into yeah, Charlie. Yeah, exactly. Oh, What's the secret work? number? Yeah, well, all right. Here's, <laughs> here's the secret number. Uh, in Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And we're off to Mississauga to say hi to Steve. Hey, good morning, Steve. Hi, good morning, folks. M- morning. I, I'm calling again, or still, Charlie, when it comes to my uh, clematis, uh-huh. the ruby glow. Okay. And here's the thing. It's uh, it's grown beautifully. I mean, it, it takes over uh, all the way up to the uh, the top of the deck, so it's, you know, it's some eight feet uh, mm, good, yep. And I had precisely one bloom this <laughs> mm. year. I'd cut it back uh-huh. entirely the good. last year. Yeah, last spring. Um, Sorry? When did you cut it back? In the spring or the fall? Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. The questions don't get harder. Um, <laughs> I, I cut it back such that, yeah, you know what? I can't remember exactly when. Okay, so just write this down. Good idea to cut it back. Cut it down to about six inches tall in the spring when it's just starting to grow. Okay. Huh. I, I'm pretty sure I did that. Okay. Um, and he just just offhand, it's in its own sort of uh, boxed off place. It's not in the garden per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has not been fertilized, nor has the lawn, mm-hmm. so it wasn't exposed to any extra, you know, nitrogen and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, I should do that again, or should I should I try and leave it this time oh, to oh. see if something actually grows from the second year uh, growth? No, no, you want to prune it. So, wait, and did you call it Ruby Glow? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it, as far as I recall, is a summer bloomer, what we would call a summer blooming clematis. It just depends when they uh, bloom for when we do our pruning. Um, oh yeah, it's definitely a summer bloomer. So it's pink. Oh, it's quite pretty actually. So it is one that blooms in the summer. So every spring, trust me, every spring, cut it down. The reason you're going to cut it down to four to six inches tall is you will encourage new growth from the roots. So down in that Mm. special little planting box you've got, you'll get more new growth, the more the better. You don't want just two or three spindly little little, um, vines coming out of it. You want 20 or 30 or 40. Uh, And if they can all grow to eight feet, that's brilliant. And then perfect world, the whole mass is covered in flowers. You've just got a wall of flowers. So why were there no flowers this year? Yeah, I would consider fertilizing it in the spring with a flowering plant fertilizer. So that'd be a high um, middle number, might be like a five fifteen five kind of number, or five ten. Well, fifteen thirty fifteen's always been one of my favorite formulations for flowering plants. So I would do that in the spring to encourage flowering. I would definitely do the the pruning again. That will encourage flowering. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's like a little box. Does it stand up above the lawn in its own little special planter box? That's correct, yes. Does that box get direct sunlight on it? Yes, it does. And it, what kind of sun? Like southern or western sun? Uh, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, mostly uh, mostly in the morning and during the day. So, yeah, the sun, the, by, by sunset, uh, it's it's pretty well done. So, I mean, I don't know. Is it wooden, Six the box? Seven. Six or seven hours. Yeah, okay. Is the um, box? Yeah, it's it's a wooden. Uh, I, I don't know, six six inches uh, high. Okay. Like that. And how wide, roughly? Uh, a foot and a half. Okay. Yeah. So the the reason I bring that up is because 
the real, the sort of the trick to clematis or clematis is they want their roots in the shade, but their head in the sun. Okay. So they want cool roots. And that's the one thing about having that sun blast down on the crown of the plant or the box that the plant is growing in is that the soil warms up, warms the roots up, and that affects the physiology of the plant. Hmm. So if there's any way you could, if the box is big enough or you could enlarge the box a bit, plant something in front of the, the base of the clematis. Something's going to stay small, even just, you know, some little annual flowers of some kind in the spring, just to try and provide a little bit of shade around the roots would be an idea, or even a little shrub outside the box uh, in front that will, again, just shade that box a bit. Um, and that will keep it cooler because we, we, yeah, so like I say, roots in the shade, head in the sun, you'll have more flowers. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> Good enough. So fertilizer, get something shading those poor little roots, and call back this time next year to tell me what a great year yeah, you what, had. What happened? We want <laughs> to know. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> and we have to take I, a little am break Am I too bossy, here. do you no, think? No, <laughs> not at all. No, you're providing some very, very uh, distinct advice. How's that? No. How's that good? Okay. Uh, we have to uh, run along here for a commercial break. Mm-hmm. Just to remind you, though, we do have two phone numbers you can jot down, 416-360-0740 here in Toronto or anywhere in the province, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we're going to Cayuga. Well, let me get my engine warmed up here uh, to say hi to Karen momentarily on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlotte. Let us move along. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Aren't we getting formal? Oh, yes, it was all indeed. that advertising about hairy princes. <laughs> that was strange. Okay. Uh, I've got my engine revved up. Now we're yes. off to KU, as mentioned. And there is Karen. Hi, Karen. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good it's morning. Nice to hear your voice every Saturday oh, at 9. You. And then, you. sadly, I do turn it off because I don't. I'm not really into the engines running. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My no mom used to love that crazy show, Those Men. My mom didn't yeah, have a car. It's she like just... hanging out in a, in a boys' exactly. club. Right. <laughs> the club, the boys' club. Yes. Here's my question. Yeah. Uh, we are building a house on the um, on Lake Erie, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. actually south of Selkirk, Ontario, which is mm-hmm. south of Cuga. Mm-hmm. Um we are on a windy corner. It's a big, it's a nice sized lot. I'm all about preserving the Carolinian forest. Mm-hmm. And there was something on social media recently, mm-hmm. but I, and I emailed, but I haven't got a reply. I'm interested in the pawpaw tree. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. It's a good idea. Somebody uh, was actually, they were at the pawpaw.org or something. It was just, and they were going from location to location in the uh, Carolinian forest area, um, handing out little papa seedlings. And I don't know where else I can get one. I, well, it's not, well, you know, you could go out and collect some seeds and start that way. But here's a great website I just discovered. It's, it's, it's going to be a papa tree first. <laughs> well, it's actually called Carolinian Canada. 
Okay. So the Carolinian Canada website is all about Carolinian forest, which is exactly where you're, you're moving to along that, the shores of Lake mm-hmm. Erie. And, um, it's, it's a whole different ecosystem than, than what we have sort of north yeah. of Lake Ontario. But right at the very top is something called the Paw Paw Parade. So okay. rare Canadian trees were up for adoption. Uh, this was uh, in the news just this past September, mid-September. Right. So you could apply to adopt a pawpaw. There were okay. 50, uh, 50 uh, sites. What was it? Join the parade by joining the biggest wildlife garden by September 25th. So we're a bit late on this. But, yeah. um, but it's okay yeah. because you know what? Read, go to this site, read what it's talking about. Okay. And there is, um, media inquiries can be made to Ben Porchuk, who is a Carolinian zone ecologist and he's a wonderful man. I know he oh, will terrific. respond to you if you send him a, an inquiry and explain to him what you're doing and what you're hoping for. And, uh, it may be that you'll be part of something next year or he might be able to give you some advice on how to collect some seeds this year. But yes, there's a very active group of people out there, some of whom I know quite well, like Sean Patil, who now works for the City of Toronto, who is also an expert. If he was here right now in this studio, (laughs) he could go on and on for the next multi-hours on the joys of native. My sister-in-law is a master gardener. She's Mm -hmm. a retired school teacher, and she works at a nursery near Oshawa that deals strictly in native um, plants. Mm-hmm. And um, she's just really hard to get a hold of. <laughs> oh, because she's working so many hours. She's so is, busy. Is it like, is but, it called Chalk Lake? Chalk River? Chalk Lake? No? Um, uh, the, nursery? You mean the, the nursery? Where she works. It's, yeah, it's just, it's uh, north of Oshawa, so yep. I don't know. Hmm. There's I don't know a number. Exactly. Well, you're right. There's a whole bunch of nurseries in that area that do mm-hmm. different specializations and, mm-hmm. but that's cooler, right? You want, you, if you're looking for Carolinian, you may not yes. find Papa's there, but, okay. but also there's something called the St. Williams Ecological Center. Oh, you I know can, where St. Williams is. Yeah. yeah they, not okay. too far from where you're moving to. They, Absolutely only do natives. And for sure, they would have pop-ups you could buy. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks for the info. You're very Here. welcome. Thanks for calling. Thank no, this you for is great information. I love it. On a Saturday morning. We, Make yeah, me do some research. Before our next little break, <laughs> we can squeeze another call in. Okay. Hey, Barb, good morning in Eden, Ontario. Oh, hi, uh, Charlie and Frank. Um, I was just wondering, is it too late to cut back a poinsettia? No, not really. Well, sort of. Is it a green bush right now? Yeah. And is it outside or inside? Um, inside. Um, generally we do the cutting back in the spring and that way it it grows through the summer as a bushy little shrub, small shrub. Mm -hmm. And now we would be doing the, the color, um, modification to, you know, the light, dark treatment in order to get the color. If Uh you do, you, I mean, it wouldn't kill it to cut it back, but you're not going to get a lot of new growth. So whatever you cut. Would I be better to wait till spring? Definitely. If you can do a hair, any, whatever haircuts you want to do, do in the spring with a poinsettia. Oh, okay, so I better wait then till spring to do this, maybe. Yeah, unless it's really, really top heavy, or or you know, it's one branch is sticking off one side, and there's nothing on the other side. You have to balance it a bit. Okay. Then you you got to do what you got to do. But if it's just a haircut for for aesthetic purposes, I'd hold off to the spring. Okay, and someone said that you you could get like a rash from the cuttings. Mm-hmm. Is that true? When you cut a poinsettia, the common name is poinsettia. Proper name is euphorbia. All the euphorbias have latex liquid inside their stems. So when you cut, you'll get white, drippy, looks like white glue coming out of the, the cut stems. 
Some people are very sensitive. Some people are completely immune to that latex. So it's tender spots like your inner wrist. Um, if you get spots there of that white latex, you may end up with itchiness or you may not. It just depends on your sensitivity. So main thing is it's just wear some, some gloves or wherever the little spots of latex drop, wash immediately with soap and water. And of course, make sure you got newspaper under the plant so it's not dripping on the table. Oh, okay. Good idea. Okay. All right. Thank okay. you so much. <laughs> Thanks for Thanks calling. Thanks for the question, Barb. Uh, we do have to uh, take a little break here, but yeah. I note we have two first-time callers online. Oh, good we'll exercise be, We'll be you. checking in with Clancy in just a couple of moments here on Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And I can't help but thinking of Dennis Day and the song Clancy Lowered the Boom. Uh, <laughs> because online is Clancy from Toronto. First time caller. Welcome. Hey, Welcome. Clancy, good morning. Good morning, uh, Charlie and Frank. What's going on? Um, my issue is I have a uh, patch of periwinkle ground cover mm-hmm. about 10 by 25 feet mm-hmm. near my north north wall of my house. Yeah. And I'm building a deck. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be in the way. Mm-hmm. So I wondered if I can move it, move the whole patch about 30, 40 feet towards the back of the yard. That'd be a lot, a lot to move. Wow. Keep in mind that periwinkle is a very vigorous vine ground cover. So what I would do is I'd prepare the area 30 feet away with some reasonably good, um, you know, well turned soil. Yeah. And then I wouldn't try and move the whole patch. You'd be surprised, even with this construction and people and holes being dug and concrete being poured, some periwinkle is likely to survive that process. But you want to make sure you've got some periwinkle to bring back into the area, likely, after the construction is complete. So I would, yeah, dig up, dig some, like, don't try and lift a big, huge patch. Go in there with your shovel, and you're going to find that those long runners are rooted about every two or three feet or sometimes even closer than that into the ground. So you're just going to go in there with a sharp shovel, make sure it's moistened first. Everything will come out easier, nice and moist. And you're just going to lift out some of the vines with obviously roots still attached, yeah. hopefully some soil, soil even attached to the roots and transport those and pop them in the ground at the other end of the garden. And do you need a 10 to move 10 by 25? No. If you can even move as much as, you know, four by four, you're going to be good to fill back in later. Well, but whatever maybe. you've got the time and energy to do, carry on. But moist first and prepare the, the second site in advance. Okay. Uh, how deep are the roots? About like- an inch. Oh, oh it's not so that I bad. don't have to dig down about a footer? Nope, 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 nope. And depending on the quality of the soil in your back 40 there, mm-hmm. you might want to grab a couple bags of triple mix or just something to poof it up a bit or some uh, uh, composted manure is really going to feed that periwinkle. Periwinkle is hard to kill, though, so trust me, it's it, it's very, it's a good invasive project. Almost, it's a good yeah. project to do, and some people would consider it invasive, yes. <laughs> okay, mm, no, I like them. I know, they're very pretty in the spring, and they're excellent shady spots. Thanks, Clancy. Thank you. Good Clancy. luck. And now, um, I, I love alliterations, as you know. From, <laughs> I do. From I do. Barry is Bell. Hey, good morning, Bell. Is it Bell or Ball? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Um, my problem is this. Um, oh, uh, wait a minute. I'm all, sorry. I may not wrap my, my tongue around the name of the plant, so I'm going to describe it to you. Okay. Uh, it's something you can buy at the grocery store. The leaves are very thick, dark, and green. 
and they develop a red uh, flower, if you will. So, um, thick. Okay, wait. Will you buy it in the spring or all year round? They're in the, the grocery store now, and they're in the grocery store. It seems in the spring as well. Uh, okay, so, and a re- red all year f- round. Okay, and when you say red flower, do they come with other colors of flowers, like yellows and oranges? I think they do, but mostly if you're buying it from the, I've only seen red in the grocery stores. Okay, I think it's like a jack in the pulp, oh. a red with a jack in the pulp. Oh, oh are you thinking of amaryllis? No, is amaryllis. it a bulb? Amaryllis. Is it a bulb? Does it have long, skinny green leaves? No. Long, skinny. No, no, they're they're quite wide. Wide. Thick green yeah. leaves, red flowers. Okay, it could be a begonia, could be a cyclamen, could be. Oh, no. I'm thinking calancho. Tro- I know this. It's a tropical. Well, maybe it's calancho. K a l a n c h o e. Kalanchoe. Some people call it. I don't know. I wish it could speak because oh. I'll just get into my problem. Okay. And um, I have um, grown three babies from when I uh, was given to me and was dying. Okay. So I'm quite proud of it. Huh. However, um, I've kept it out uh, a lot in the summer, mm-hmm. and now I've brought it in. And what's happening is I'm getting, and I know you've answered this question below, before rather, um, and I wasn't paying attention because <laughs> I didn't have the problem then. <laughs> but now I do, and it's um, growing like a furry moss, a mold yep. rather, a furry mold on top of my earth. Oh, but not on the leaves. In a plastic pot. Okay, but no, the leaves look fine. They're still shiny and green. Oh, everybody's the happiest. Oh, all right. So you know what? Um, two things. One is get out a spoon. Uh, just um, skim off the surface of the soil, removing whether it's algae uh, growing there or moss or whatever it is. E- eliminate that, throw that outside. And then the main thing is to be very careful with your watering. Get that plant into a situation where it's f- bright, preferably in a window. Make sure you've got some good air circulating around it. Only water from below. Don't water into the top, but from below in the saucer. And um, you'll have to add a little bit of soil where you've taken some soil out. Um, and that would be my best suggestion. Send a picture though, if in doubt, because I can clarify. May, it sounds a bit almost, maybe it's a begonia, what you're, what plant we're talking about there. So thanks for calling me. That's, okay, yeah, indeed. Love uh, those questions. And quick note, quick note. Dinga, can, dinga. can we do it? We get time? Okay. Well, we, we that's are. for our that's last caller Dave, too. <laughs> Dave Dundas, Davian Dundas. Good morning and welcome to the show. First time caller. Hello, uh, Dave. Well, Norm. Uh, calling about nematodes. Yeah. When's the best time to put them down? Anytime between the middle of August and about today. <laughs> so make sure the soil is moist. Uh, but given that we've had such a long, extended, warm fall, you're still good to go. I would uh, get a hold of some if you can, if you can get them down in the next 24 hours. But follow the instructions. Going to have to let you go. Oh, Thanks, belly, Dave. Yeah. And um, that was great. We had a couple wow. of good first-time callers at the very end. We've had to talk fast. Thank <laughs> you, right. Duncan. <laughs> Thank you, Franklin. We're all so busy. You've got more shows. Yes, indeed. I'm off to a pig roast. Oh, really? Off to the county. Oh, a well. friend of mine who was born in the year of the pig is hosting a pig roast. Uh, she's well, 60 years like old. Fun. Yeah, it's I have an be idea of you traipsing along to that with a wine bag. A uh, wine bag and wine. my long underwear. And you're- <laughs> 
very good. Okay. <laughs> That's a good image, right? <laughs> That's terrific. Thanks, Charlie. Fur around the neck, you know, the usual. Uh, yeah, so again, yeah, thanks to all our great callers. And we're back next week with more fun with the Garden Show. And see you then. Okay. Next week. <laughs> this has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.